0: So I I don't want to talk to you. I don't even want to see you until I get my laptop back. Wait. I
1: agree. Been going on, man. Where did you Where are you at right now?
2: I'm up in Michigan on a little field trip. Oh, cool. Looking to buy some uh, door panels, some other stuff. Of course you are. As um, you we do. You
0: tra- travel to <laughs> other states to go to a Home Depot, basically. Oh,
2: I mean, if I could get 1987 Maricor XR4 Ti parts at a Home Depot.
0: Oh, okay. That's fair.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, uh, man. I don't know, man. If I, if I were to say anything... If you're like, why Cam would be going to Michigan, it would probably be to get some door panels. I don't know. That's
0: yeah, actually, point. if I had to guess top five, <laughs> that would be. top Five would be door panels. Number one's door panels. Number two is just another car entirely. Yeah,
1: yeah how many cars? What is
2: you- does the devil's lettuce rank on your list? I just <laughs> want to know what the overall score is.
0: It's pretty far
1: down.
2: I really? Don't <laughs>
1: really far down. I do mean, that's, that's that's why a i go to
2: michigan sure. cam. And that's why <laughs> i did see the sign we passed the sign i had to tell him about your joke
1: when we Uh-oh. were uh in the car the uh the prison area do not pick up hitchhikers yeah yeah that's a really weird sign man when we were
2: we were rolling too we're rolling through in a blacked out tahoe with black 20 inch wheels and just I think he just spray painted the windows. I don't think they're even tinted at this point. Like we're just rolling probable cause. <laughs> and then the second we roll over into the, into the Michigan, we're fine.
1: Yeah, the Everything thing is Yeah, the thing is that I don't even uh I don't even think I've done in the joke that I do about it is that like it's on a fucking highway. Like who who's gonna pick up a hitchhiker going 70 miles an hour? Like it's Right, a- right. <laughs> You have enough.
0: to be awfully excited for some company at that point. Yeah. yeah. My
2: favorite thing about driving into Michigan is how the roads immediately get shittier. Like you see the welcome to pure Michigan, uh, Michigan sign, and you, as soon as you see the sign, you immediately feel the quality of the road get terrible. You ever notice that?
0: Yeah. I find it weird to use pure as an adjective. I, I associate pure as the farthest thing from Michigan. I don't think Michigan's a very pure.
2: Yeah, place. yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, I'll put it this way. I did buy a car up here like several years back. The, um, Porsche story that I tell, I bought my Porsche up in, uh, uh, Grand Rapids. And I was driving through Lansing, I think, uh, back towards Alma where I was staying and the car broke down. I'd owned the car 20 minutes and it broke. Sure. So I call the dealership, the dealer sends a tow truck and it's me and this chick and the tow truck driver, three abreast in the tow truck. And, uh he takes us like off the highway and like here I am in like the most exotic car I've ever owned and he's just taking me like further and further into the woods it's like the beginning of a horror movie and I'm just like this is pure fucking Michigan
3: <laughs> and I'm
2: just imagining all of the awful things that could happen and then we crest a hill and there's this warehouse just with nothing around it and it parked in front of the warehouse is a parking lot with no BS 20 Porsches on it in the middle of March and all of snow on them it was the wildest shit but that was a pure Michigan experience because exactly. Michigan is just like you can find any car thing in Michigan.
1: Yeah, I think I think the pure Michigan thing is like uh, very, very like close with the uh, pure White Claw flavor. I don't know if you've ever had a, just a White Claw flavor that's not flavored like anything. It's called pure and it tastes. Like gas station vodka with a little bit of soda water. You can use
2: that stuff to clean your furniture.
0: <laughs> yeah, really.
1: I was over at Red Fox like before the pandemic and shit and uh, they uh, asked me if I wanted to try it and I was like yeah, sure, why not, I'll try it. I almost threw up. dude. It was, it was... <laughs> I mean, I have been drinking gas station vodka since like high school but that's fucking what it tastes like.
2: Yeah, life's too short, man. I won't do gas station vodka.
3: Hell no.
0: I don't. I don't understand how it comes to that. Who, whoever stops at the gas station and says that's a really good deal and just buys well, it?
2: I like getting the. <clears throat> I like getting the, what I call a hungus at the gas station, where it's like the the lowest quality, lowest priced food that still classifies as food. Like that's a hungus. Like the dollar ninety nine meatball sandwich. That's a meatball hungus. <laughs> and I do like the gas station hungus a lot, especially when I'm on road trips. I mean, I haven't had it a lot lately because I've been trying to be healthier,
1: but. Yeah, the it's only so re- weird to think about that. The only reason to get gas station vodka is if you're under 21 and you have a friend that works at a gas station. That's <laughs> uh, my brother. So the time I got most fucked up off of it is. I told my brother to get me like a big bottle of Absolute. I was, I was like 17 to think. and uh, <laughs> he got me a gallon of Kafka or whatever the fuck it is. And I was like, Oh yeah. I? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? He's like, he got me, I think two of them actually. And I was like, what the fuck is this? He was Yo, like, oh, I, like figured, not, I figured you'd want more. No. <laughs> You're in high school. I'm like, okay, cool i drank a fucking gallon of that night it was
2: wow my mom keeps a uh keeps the big jug of that uh in the in the closet she uses it for cleaning like that's not i'm not joking like she she's found an industrial use for that stuff
1: i threw up twice and then kept drinking that night so yeah when
2: you're younger you can do that stuff too like you can just you can get nuts yeah. and uh it's just like a hockey penalty like you just you run off to the bathroom you do like your three minute five minute penalty oh, no. your team's no. down a guy Go away. Go away. Yeah. you know and then you come back and your yeah. crew's full strength again it's great <laughs> it's,
0: very
1: it's like a cat
2: the next day that's for sure Like your cat will do zoomies around the house and then stop and then just spew and then just keep going
1: <laughs> yeah uh, cam when did you start doing comedy when did you decide to start doing comedy so it's like it's kind of something i've
2: always wanted to do i mean i didn't really i did kind of did stand up like seven or eight years ago um because i was playing music i'd written songs and i was playing music and uh down at Eurogyro gyro they give you 15 minutes to do whatever and i would do like two or three songs and uh two or three songs and then i would uh you know, do, like, five minutes of comedy, and it stunk. Like, I've got a video of it someplace. It's really bad. <laughs> um, I kind of kept it in the back of my head. And still, like, go to see comedy. Like, I'd go see Rich Voss every year at Funny Stop. And then uh, we moved to Cuyahoga Falls, like, four-tenths of a mile from Funny Stop. Like, if uh, in the spring, before the leaves come in, if I'm standing on my front porch, I can almost, excuse me, almost see the back door of Funny Stop. Okay. So just one day in the middle of the summer, like, uh, you know, there's, there was nothing else to do this year. And this year it was like, there's been a lot of things in my life that have made me like realize certain things. Like you don't get an unlimited amount of time, right? Yeah. But I don't always live that. You always do kind of forget. Like, I think it's human nature to take the time you have and the life you live for granted. And uh, it just occurred to me that I'm like, I've been thinking about trying uh, Open Mic ever since we moved here at Funny Stop. And I might as well go do it. You know, I might, I might as well. So I just decided one day to go do it. And I wrote down five minutes of material and I, hardly, I don't remember any of it. And then I went up and then I found out that I went up and then Pete's like, oh, did you call ahead? And I said, no, I didn't. And I just figured I'd observe this week and maybe try the next week. And then he did the Pete thing where he was like very stern and angry and then <laughs> softened up. And he's like, no, you can go up tonight. So I went up and I was uh, vaguely funny, I guess, for five minutes. Because then I moved on in the contest, and then I started coming back every week. I think I've missed one week since then, back in August.
1: Yeah, you're there almost every week, man. That's, I mean, that's the only way you get better. Um, the something uh,
0: about moving on to that contest it's it's a little a little gratifying. It makes you feel better about yourself. And kind of yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, because I went I went home. I typically don't. Um, I typically try not to get drunk or high or anything before I go on stage. But when I got off and I was like, I'm one of the two funniest people in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio tonight, <laughs> and I went home and I got twin turbo fucked up.
1: Yeah, can I say that. Yeah.
2: yeah. Say OK, that. all right.
1: You, uh, did you start uh, post pandemic?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So August of last year, basically, was like, I'm just I'm going to okay. go try it. And uh, Free- I went up there half expecting it that the because we- the website looks super out of day. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went up there expecting that it wouldn't even be open but the website was outdated and it was open i was like okay great and then i was like i'll probably have to watch you know and then pete's like did you call ahead and i didn't but i just i got to go up and
1: yeah it's cool man um it used to be and it used i feel like it used to be the amateur contest like like last year like two years ago almost it was like more competitive maybe. Oh, like-
2: yeah i don't understand I, I try not to be too competitive about it i don't like it's gratifying to be acknowledged in that way yeah. And it gives you experience and it gives you something to work towards and stuff. And it gives you motivation to practice. Yeah. But yeah. like, it kind of weirds me out that there's like some people that take it so seriously that they'll like act like like the contest that I'm in now, I'm in the co-feature contest. I try to make sure that I'm up there every Thursday to try to watch everybody. And like the week I went on, I wanted to watch everybody set because like we're all kind of like in it together. It's not like laughter is not a, uh, a finite commodity, you know? Yeah, and it's like if you think my stuff is funny, you might not think his stuff is funny. Yeah, but that crowd might think his stuff is funny. And they might not think I'm funny. Like it's not like all of us are trying to do the same kind of thing up there. Like uh, like the week I was up was with uh, like Daniel Myers and I moved on. The week I moved on, and like him, I love his comedy, but our comedy is very different.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody's very a lot different, so. man. Um, like even like crowd to crowd, you know, like last night, um. I don't think he'll mind that I say this, but uh, Christian Klink, somebody we've had on the podcast before, came up, and uh, he went up, I think it might have been his first guest set, or at least it was his first guest set he did well on, and he pretty much... That's crushed, good. Yeah, he pretty much crushed the first show. The second show, he did almost the exact same set, but when he first walked up, he looked over at this guy, and he's like, I'm sorry, I have to stay uh you look like you look like Billy Bob Thornton's name sounds like whatever. And, and it was funny, but the crowd was like did not go for it and they just like instantly I think thought like, oh this guy's I
2: yeah. cool. feel like in a five minute set or a ten minute set, unless you're really good at it, unless you're way better than than I am. You know, you're not going to have their trust to the point where they'll let you go after them like that.
1: No, and and that's the thing I told him was like you can't you can't start out a set by going after an audience member. Like that's not, it's never going to work. They're not going to be on your side. It's not you have yeah. to on your side first, and and then do it. Or you could go after another comic whenever you first walk up. But that's that's different. But going after Naughty yeah, you have to, like you said, you have to build up their trust first. And like that same crowd, I basically, I basically insinuated later on in the show that that same table that he picked on was incestuous, and the crowd loved it. Like it was. <laughs>
2: Jeez, that poor
1: guy. Because man, earn,
0: yeah, but they you earned earn the trust.
2: Else? Yeah. <laughs> So, like, uh, Voss, I used to go see Voss every year at Funny Stop. Um, I mean, I would still if he was had been back this year. My whole goal when I started doing comedy was I wanted to get good enough to open for Rich Voss. And Pete had given me a guest set for Voss on my birthday, and then Voss canceled. Yeah. Oh. So, but it's, I'm, it's, I'm oddly fine with it, because the next time he's in town, if that offer stands, I'll be way funnier than I probably was then. Yeah. Like the more, the more time. It's not like a, it's not like a sport where you know your body gradually breaks down or whatever. You know, you're you're going to be better the longer you. Hopefully, the longer you you stick with it, the better you'll be. Up to a point, I guess. Yeah, Cam, you, I'm a massive hypocrite. Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, Cam, are you staying in like a hostel right now?
2: Like I. No, I'm. I'm with. I'm with my boys. They're playing with their dogs. So. Oh man. <laughs> they keep they keep they keep typing funny words into the YouTube on the TV to try to get me. It's pretty good. There's actually like a Burt Reynolds interview pulled up on the TV right now that I would re- that I hope they save for uh for when we're done with this cuz I always want to hear what that man has to say about everything. Yeah. Didn't he die? He died, right? He did. He, he did. I I uh, I dressed up as him for Halloween. It was like a couple weeks after he died. And I had bought my winter beater, which was a $695 1990 Volkswagen Jetta. And my buddy had a uh, vinyl cutter. And I printed off the screaming chicken Phoenix hood decal from the Trans uh-huh. and Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> and put it on the hood of the Jetta. Yeah. And uh, I had had that car in my garage with the hood up for like a year and a half because I was working on it. You know, just doing like a major overhaul on it and forgotten that was on there. And I had a buddy uh, that wanted to buy that car from me. And I just put it back together to push it out of the garage for him to load it on the thing. And uh Zeppy, make as much noise with your dog's feet on the fucking <laughs> linoleum as possible for the podcast. If you could do that for me. Sorry. So I slammed the hood and I saw the screaming chicken on the hood and I was like, I had to call the guy last minute. I'm like, Is is this are you alright with this? As far as I know, it's still on there.
0: Do you want do you want me to leave it or <laughs> yeah, yeah, he thought
2: he long thought long it was long. as awesome as I did, so I would hope so.
1: <laughs> Amen. So as far as like, as far as like what you want to do with comedy, what are what are your, uh, what are your goals, aspirations, whatever? I mean, I'm, I'm working right now
2: just on trying to get a really solid set that flows well and trying to get better at kind of building my own energy. Like uh, the last couple times I did my 10 minute set, it was a really thin crowd. Nothing makes me more uncomfortable than when you're writing a set and you know, stuff works and you write the pauses for laughter in there yeah and there's six people in the audience and nothing happens yeah it's It's not the audience's fault it's not your fault it just
0: happens yeah Yeah, and so what i
2: do is i downshift and throttle up and just try to get through it as quickly as possible so like i had practiced my 10 minute set for the co-feature contest for weeks you know just fine-tuning it and i had it timed at nine minutes and 45 seconds including like introducing myself, or, or you know, saying bye at the end. Like I was really trying to make sure I wasn't going to burn the light. I made it through that set in like eight minutes and forty seconds, according to Tanea. Yeah. And like that's not good. So I'm trying to work on m- more on building up that confidence that I'm going to leave it there. I just feel like the audience is going to think I'm a douche if I leave, if I leave a space for a laugh that's not there.
1: Well, yeah, some something you can do with that though is if you plan for a laugh with that, like that you usually get a laugh on that joke. You can plan a response for when you don't get a laugh. That's something that a lot of people do. Yeah, I did that. I did that with one. I did that with the adjective joke because nobody
2: knows what the fucking adjective is. Yeah. (laughs) And like that's and again, this is where I was saying I'm a huge hypocrite because I said you can't attack the audience. I leave that joke in knowing that no one knows what an adjective is and I light them up for not knowing it's an adjective. And then at like two or three other times throughout the second half of my set, I effectively called them dumb for not knowing what an adjective is. But I'm not attacking anybody individually. No, I'm I mean, just attacking the audience, like the fact that the public education system has failed you.
1: Yeah, I think dealing with the crowd reactions is probably the probably the thing that takes the longest to learn in comedy. I mean, that's yeah, the that's, crowds have been getting rowdier the last few weeks too. Yeah, it was pretty, definitely <laughs> last night was pretty rowdy. Um, well, last Friday was the most rowdy we've all seen, but
0: yeah. <laughs> you get to hold that one down at grindstone. That was fun.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was first guest host, that was me.
0: I started yeah. off uh this time by telling everybody if they'd like to throw something, they have to come talk to myself or Larry to to purchase the object from us first. <laughs> I mean, we don't we don't endorse violence, but we are pro capitalism. Did you find any more glass up there? Uh, we found the lemon. I guess no one oh, ever from the lemon?
3: <laughs> glass
0: last week.
2: Gross. They,
3: you I should, know, you
0: should late, uh, really like freeze
2: that in Lucite and make something out of it.
0: First glass thrown at a comedian at <laughs> Grindstone Taphouse. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like when people start a small business and they've got the first dollar bill framed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Ray should have the lemon and Lucite as a paperweight.
0: Oh, I should send it to him. You're right. That would be Do funny. you still have it? I don't. It, I, it might still be there. I don't think anyone moved it. So <laughs> I, don't I don't think have a couple week it. old lemon.
2: He did. He was... was bragging about that when I was talking to him on the phone. He was like, oh, it's the first time someone's thrown something at me.
0: <laughs> and the last time he perform there, so I guess yeah, that's you know whole night of first fine stuff. And... Yeah, it was, a, it was yeah. night. Uh, and... uh, that was crazy.
1: I hope that I hope that happens to me one day. I hope it doesn't lead to me getting hurt. <laughs> but I, I think now that we've
0: <laughs> now that we've watched it happen, I think if it ever does happen to us, we'll just catch the glass and be like, "Oh, you weren't you weren't expecting that one, were you?" Yeah, oh. your kung fu is no good. <laughs> that was the most badass
1: thing you've ever seen. on a comedy show. It that guy, would have to be. He just like grabs it and catches.
0: It. <laughs> <laughs> For what you thought this was my first time. <laughs>
1: yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of uh, crowd reactions last night, man. And I think it might be because people I don't know, if, like a lot of these people know Vince or Vince Mike Paramore, so they like know that he does a lot of crowd work. So maybe those are the type of people that come. I don't know. Yeah, that was that's what I was
2: saying like. Rich Voss does a lot of crowd work and every time we'd be get ready for Voss we plan our outfits like a week in advance cuz we knew, and try to get there early so we could sit up front cuz the first thing Voss goes after in the audience is the way you look and the way you present yourself so we dressed up like yuppies one one time we dressed up like we had just got done cleaning the chicken coops the one time we dressed mm-hmm. up like hipsters the one time and it was great cuz he hasn't recognized us any of the times yeah and so it's just we're different assholes to him every time he performs at funny stop mm-hmm.
1: Yeah it's it's, so it's funny the people, I think the people that are really good at crowd work are the people who have who have done it so many times that they have prepared things for any reaction. Yeah. Um like Mike Paramore. he he yeah, make
2: it seem uh
1: genius with it man. Like like uh he did twice last night he did the same crowd work joke and it killed both times. He was like he asked he's like are there black people in here? I hear them but I don't see them. And then both times, uh, a white lady, it, different white ladies, both shows, a white lady pointed at the black people. And he's like, ma'am, you're not allowed to point at the black people. That's racist. And like, <laughs> it was so good. But he has. Wait that- a minute. Are you tell- telling me a
2: one was trying to get attention? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Yeah, but he has that prepared because he knows that's a reaction that he gets. Most of the time, when he does when he does that joke, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Anytime
0: I've uh anytime I've ever seen him at hilarities, he he always murders the crowd. I, yeah. I went one time with one of my friends, and he wore like a button down plaid shirt, and he he was like, white people will do anything for you. You start to take your shirt off or something like that, and my, my <laughs> friend starts like unbuttoning his shirt, and he's like, see, white people just do anything for you. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, it was funny. Good. It's a fun weekend, and uh, with me and uh, with me and Carter and Mickey Genosi and uh, Paramore, it's a good, it's a good crew. Um, and we have some people coming up tonight. W. Scott is to come up, try to get a guest. He, he asked me what his chance to start getting a guest. Set. I'm like, well, uh, Bill Stone, Elaine, and Brand Brandon and Teddy Bruno are all busy, so I would say your chance is good. <laughs>
2: Cam's in Michigan buying door panels. Hey, Cam's
1: in Michigan, yeah. So most of the people that it's go get guest sets are doing other things tonight. So <laughs>
2: I'm gonna be pissed if that guy doesn't get back to me on those fucking door panels. I need those some bitches.
1: Yeah. How many cars? Sorry, are unrelated. What's up? How many cars do you have, Cam?
2: Oh shit. Um, hold on a second. Let me think about this. <laughs> he think about it. It's been in in the last few months. I bought and sold a few, so I got to think for a second. I want to say eleven. Jeez. You- eleven sounds right. They're all shit boxes. Don't worry about it.
1: Where do you keep them?
2: Uh, I rent a hangar, and then I keep some at my house, and then uh, I've got one or two at my folks.
1: Fucking Jay Leno over here.
2: Like a like a white trash Jay Leno, like I don't have anything <laughs> that he'd be particularly, I don't think, interested in.
1: Oh man, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'll own my Honda Civic until it dies. And that's, that's where I'm at.
0: I thought you were uh, gonna I look live. back behind you, like it was like it was sitting behind you or something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the, way you,
0: the way you like like I own this Honda Civic back here. There is a lot like of in your basement. basement.
3: <laughs>
1: I don't see a Honda Civic.
2: Your spot I, does look kind of like a garage from here because it's kind of washed oh, out on my screen.
1: What it is is that I am living with my parents right now, trying to buy a house. So right. I didn't run a storage unit; I use their basement, and it's also <laughs> my podcast studio. So <laughs> Not great, yeah, but that'll that'll be gone soon enough. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make an extra ten thousand dollars on that Dogecoin. and hell yeah, right up.
2: You and me both.
1: Let's <laughs> yeah, go straight into
2: a crazy. brand new Ford
1: Bronco. <laughs> that shit was crazy. I didn't even, I didn't even get a clip for it um, because I couldn't find a good one. But the shit going on with the stock market this week, we—I feel like we have to talk about. Um, oh
2: yeah. So between
1: 2016
2: and 2018, I had an old computer of mine mining Dogecoin back when it was like two tenths of one cent. Yeah. yeah. So. That's about I was like, like, last, n- most of mine. <laughs> most. Yeah, like, last yesterday afternoon, I was, like, frantically, like, trying to put pieces of this old computer back together so I could get my wallet off of it. Because, <laughs> like, I, I just, you know, yeah. those parts have gone into other project computer projects and stuff, and I was like, I gotta put it all back together so I can get the, uh, the wallet off of it. Yeah. yeah, I've got, like, thousands and thousands of Dogecoin just kind of hanging out, doing nothing, because... Dude, there's just a fun thing to do.
1: There's people that, like, there's people that, like, have, like, gone on, like, landfill searches because they have, they had an old hard drive with, like, hundreds of thousands of Bitcoin on it. Yeah. And have no access to it. So. A guy I work with, uh,
2: somebody wanted him to do some design work years and years and years ago for, like, 20 Bitcoin. And it was like the equivalent of what he would have wanted in cash at the time. And he's like, "No, I'm sorry, I can't." It's <laughs> like when Bitcoin was like a few bucks a piece, and and he's like, "No, I want the money." Yeah, And it's just
0: I get that. Yeah. Nobody, nobody had any idea. What yeah, it was if anybody cash had, cash had had
2: any money. idea, it wouldn't have blown up the way it did. You know, exactly. It only blew up because of the, so many, you know, few people were into it.
1: Yeah, and the uh, as as far as I mean, that's not Dogecoin isn't really the big story this week because it's still it's still down to like two cents. I think. Um, I think the big story is GameStop. I mean, that's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's up to three hundred and twelve dollars. It's gone. It's gone up. Uh,
2: the highest I saw it was four sixty nine, and I believe that was middle of the day Thursday.
1: Yeah, it's gone before... up $1,000. 1476% this month. Yeah. Which is insane and it's and it was a Reddit group everybody knows by now called Wall Street Bets that were uh, pumping it up to try to fuck over short sellers and it looks like they're going to accomplish it because it's I it's going to be way above where it has to be.
2: Well the thing is is that the 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 short sellers got <clears throat> this is what's kind of funny about it is um looking into it more They had cut that stock down to like 30% of its original value. Yeah. And it would have been fine, and they would have been content to have made billions and billions of dollars, possibly, by doing that. But they wanted to get super greedy and get it down to 0% and liquidate the company. Right. Yeah. Effectively. And that greed and the fact that they got so greedy that they thought they could – they'd gotten away with it for so long – it's like, you know, if you get away with something, you're going to try if, if you get away with stealing one cookie out of the cookie jar before dinner without getting caught, you're going to try two the next day until yeah, your right. mom catches you. Yeah. And right. in this case, they sold one hundred and forty percent of the available shares. So not only do they have to buy all of them back, they sold more than are extant in the world. It's the wildest thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, I think that's yeah. one, of the biggest, one of the biggest stories nationwide this week. For sure, uh, worldwide. Um, but and Robinhood. As soon as I get my, as soon as I get my Dogecoin off of Robinhood, I'm going to TD Ameritrade. Or no, it was Fidelity. I was going to switch to. That's right. The, and the only reason why I was going to switch to Fidelity is because they pay, they pay your transfer fee from Robinhood because it's like seventy five dollars to transfer your account. Oh yeah. So they they pay your. Yeah, fee it was just and they do commission free trading. So. So
2: back in March of last year, there was a crazy trading day and Robinhood had these very suspicious, this very suspicious outage like they did this week. And as I recall, that had happened one time prior because there was a point when that happened that I just said no and I sold off because I had actually transferred all of my stuff from E-Trade to Robinhood because it was a little easier to manage and it was free at the time. Yeah. I just sold everything out and completely divested out of it at the time. And I think I bought like a motorcycle or something. I was just like, nope, like this is not for me. So uh, yeah, because like Robin Hood's. This isn't the first time Robin Hood's done anything sketchy. It's just the first time they've done everything sketchy, anything sketchy that everyone has been paying attention. It's uh, it- it's just very suspicious that it happens when it happens, because like they can't make the nest. they can't necessarily make the argument that high volumes of trading are overloading the servers and shutting things down. Yeah, because there's been high volume trading days that they've handled. Just fucking fine. Yep. It's yeah, just when I mean, things yeah. aren't going in their favor. Yeah. At, oh, we're overloaded. We can't we can't handle it.
1: Well, I think it's I think not. stacked up.
2: Yeah. It was a calculated risk on their part. They're like, if we pay the lawsuit, we can at least remain solvent and pay the lawsuit, and it's gonna cost us a fraction of what yep. you know, being held accountable for our pillaging all these years will actually cost yeah. us. So <laughs>
1: There's been a little bit of a vaccine scandal in Philadelphia. I don't know if I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but this uh, this clip is from CBS in Philadelphia about their latest vaccine scandal that they came into.
4: A COVID vaccination scandal has erupted in Philadelphia with allegations of vaccine misuse and questionable financial arrangements. The city has abruptly ended its relationship with Philly Fighting COVID, a group that vaccinated thousands at the convention center. Health reporter Stephanie Stoller is here now with new details, Stephanie. Well, you can, the city insists the vaccination mission will not be derailed by the blow up with Philly fighting covid amid amid claims the group used vaccine improperly. Plus, there are fears that the privacy of thousands of people who signed up with the organization could be in jeopardy. The city calls the allegations disturbing. Do you understand why people are upset with that? We were very really upset as well. That's why we've terminated the relationship. Obviously, in retrospect, it wasn't good for us to have a partnership with that organization. Philly fighting COVID had been one of the largest vaccine providers in the city, giving doses to thousands at the convention center. The city abruptly terminated its relationship when the group switched from a non-profit status to for-profit, enabling it to sell personal information gathered from tens of thousands of people who registered on its website expressing interest in getting the COVID vaccine. The organization is saying that
0: they have no intention
4: of selling that information. Uh, they haven't done that yet. Uh, we're working with our law department to see if there's any way to make sure that that doesn't happen. There are also allegations that Philly Fighting COVID misappropriated vaccine, which is also now being investigated. The city says it is guaranteeing that the thousands of people who received their first dose of vaccine at the convention center will get their second from the city.
1: I was really just sitting in my apartment, frankly, doing nothing.
4: Andre Dorishin is a Drexel University grad student who started Philly fighting COVID, first creating face shields, then expanding to COVID testing and on to providing thousands of vaccinations at the convention center. The group describes itself as a bunch of college kids wanting to help out. So why was it ever a good idea? to enter into a partnership with this group and entrust them with thousands of doses of vaccine. I understand why people would be concerned about that. And this is, uh, you know, in retrospect, we should have been more careful with this organization.
2: So have you heard all the people talking months and months and months over about how, like, Bill Gates wants to use the vaccine to, like, collect personal information and, like, this, that, and the other thing and, and like, just fuck us over in one way, shape, or form?
1: Yeah, I know some Bill Gates
0: runs
3: Microsoft.
2: Yeah, like, e- everybody yeah, know. knows somebody that that, like, really believes that hardcore. Let me tell you why Alex Jones is popular. <laughs> Alex Jones is popular because 20% of what he says actually is true or has happened, and then he like completely blows it out of proportion.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's just enough to keep everyone holding on. And so when you have a company that switches from a non profit status to a for profit status and starts selling people's personal information from the vaccine, yeah. congratulations. That conspiracy theory will now propagate for the next seventy five years.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, we're never going to hear the end of that. There's already enough people that believe the vaccine's going to kill them or give them autism or something, and that's we don't need. Dude, that. I mean, with like the industry Sorry. that I
2: work in, like I have an autism from. Like, I would get a vaccine if it meant I would get autism. If I was able to like more easily memorize the information that I need yeah. on a daily basis for the shit that I'm really interested in. Yeah. Like.
0: Oh man, they didn't be the, telling possum jokes in no time.
2: I fucking <laughs> fuck you. I love the possum joke. Possum joke too. top 10 funniest jokes ever heard. How do you feel about that? <laughs> oh, <Fuck> no. You. <laughs> you,
1: you should have been, you should have been at Water Street uh in Kent the one night when Vaughn did the possum joke and then right after he did the possum joke, he did the possum joke again because he forgot he did the possum joke and it was fucking hilarious. Like, he did not... <laughs> that's gotta be... That's
2: fucking awesome.
1: It was... It was so great, but...
0: Sometimes uh, I wish if Vaughn... If Vaughn didn't get a laugh on a certain joke, I wish he would just wait for a second and then start telling that joke again and just see what happens.
2: <laughs> It'd be would be very Yeah. I'm trying to get a thing together uh, with Pete for April Fool's Day because it's a Thursday. It's a Thursday show. Ooh. And I want there to be four co-features or, like, four people, uh, four guest spots And then the headliner, and the headliner is a local guy too, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but I want to get all of us together and write the same five minutes, and all of us perform the same five minutes word for word, but in our style with our delivery, (laughs) and then the headliner comes up and the first five minutes of the headliner set is that same five minutes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i
2: think that would be the funniest fucking thing in the entire known universe those, i don't think fantastic. anything in the world could be funnier than that
0: as long as we can like rip on other like the other comics for like not doing as well as we did or like saying their materials hack or something like that and then get up. oh there. yeah yeah
2: come on stage and immediately attack the previous guy and then do his like, set again
0: his his materials bullshit so anyway and then you the like, second
2: okay. person can't do that but the third person can do that yeah yeah the third person should go on stage and be like that guy's a hack and a joke thief and i'm glad you guys didn't laugh at him anyways and then proceed <laughs> to do the same <laughs> oh god yeah well he's the greatest yeah. that pete's pete's like into the idea i think he's willing to try anything like right now but
1: yeah as far as would be a good go ahead as far as, as i was gonna say as far as people who don't like who believe this crazy shit about the vaccine Like, those people don't deserve to get the vaccine. So they can believe that shit all they want. Like, save more for the rest of us so I can get vaccinated quicker. And I don't have to worry about killing my parents anymore. That would be great. That would be awesome. I
0: just, Um, I wish there was, like, re-education on some of the, like, vaccines and things like that. Where it's, you're not getting your information from Alex Jones. You get it from, like, a medical doctor who studied the vexed or virology but
2: that's my years. point is this shit in philadelphia is zero percent helping
0: no it's yeah, not helping at all that's yeah, you yeah made that,
2: that you you basically just legitimized for like those people plus a lot of other people who are on the fence and people who might have thought they were total conspiracy theorists are like wow they they sold their personal information huh
0: yeah and like the other thing i don't get now is like a lot of these people are, are bashing people like dr fauci and, and people like that when I'm sorry. What did you guys go to medical school to to have the knowledge to bash Dr. Fauci? I'm, I don't feel very confident telling the guy he's wrong about something involving a virus.
2: Right, right. So everybody thinks their personal information is this like really valuable thing, like that, like it's like at this total invasion of your privacy. Like anybody listening to this podcast, you've had your personal information sold potentially thousands of times. Maybe that's an exaggeration. Hundreds of times.
1: Yeah, we're gonna sell it. But listen to this podcast. For sure. Rip, yeah like,
2: but like <laughs> in as much as like you exist as marketing data i like i work in a marketing company now like and i exist as marketing data yeah. you know there to another that. marketing company out there someplace like it's just
1: yeah there's a box on youtube said do you want to collect people's information and sell it and i clicked yes so those are fun exactly uh, absolutely but, but yeah man i mean it, it's the way that shit goes is something like that happens in Philadelphia, like Cam said, and then Alex Jones takes it and runs with it, and then we get a great South Park episode out of it later, like Man Bear Pig. You know, I mean, it's. <laughs>
0: um, I'm but- sometimes flattered that my my personal information's worth anything because I, I didn't think anyone would really want it all that bad. Because you're a like,
2: valuable demographic.
0: <laughs> I must be. I'm. I don't really spend that much money on things. I'm. I think I'm a pretty predictable guy. I don't even think a marketing company needs my personal information to know what I'm into.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and these people these people are just nuts. Um and uh, speaking of nuts people, I wanted to talk about um Marjorie Taylor Greene for a minute who oh god. Um this clip that I got doesn't really encompass everything that she's said to get people pissed off at her. Um but she has like said that several different members of Congress should be assassinated at times. She's liked comments saying that Nancy Pelosi should be shot. Um, she has said that the uh, Sandy Hook shooting was fake and has, and there's in this video, she's uh, she's actually like chasing down David Hogg on the street and yelling at him about being a, a gun rights activist. Um, but they didn't get the part of that video where she was saying that he was a crisis actor and that, and that he n- never really went to stoneman douglas high school and all this shit and nothing will ever be funnier
2: than fucking Louis ck's joke about david hogg that he ended up taking out of his set because someone recorded it yeah but the thing about how you hid behind a fat kid so now we got to listen to you whine or something like that (laughs) that shit was amazing man i'm telling you at the at the very beginning with this i don't know who this chick is at the very beginning when she was talking about killing politicians uh I don't want to commit suicide by two gunshots to the back of the head. So I'm not going to say like I I was all in, but I was, I was intrigued. (laughs) It's just, it's not a partisan thing. It's just anybody, any politician. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like when you take public office, when you take public office and you walk into your office in the morning, you should pass the head of the guy you replaced on a pike next to the door and be reminded like, Hey, if I fuck over the people that elected me, it's gonna be my head on the pike. I just don't. Think, I just and hey, think this a, is a comedy podcast, so I'm just joking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just I'm just being a funny, yeah. goofy, zany guy talking about how funny it would be if politicians were to get killed. But <laughs> yeah. it's a really, it's like the funniest joke I could have written. You know, it's it's really funny. I just it's great don't, that you just, can get on stage and say anything. Yeah, I just don't think I'm, I'm
3: just
0: saying up. that if if, <laughs> if technically, like let's just say like Ted Cruz fell down thirty five flights of stairs and broke his neck what. Would I laugh for like 30 minutes at least? Would I feel bad for his family? Yeah, I'd be like, that that sucks. But really weird way to die. Really weird way to be funny.
1: <laughs> I would not uh, feel bad yeah, that for one's his a, family. I, I'll tell you what. I don't feel bad. I wouldn't feel bad for his family because his wife should have left him. His wife should have left him when Donald Trump basically called her an ugly troll. And then Ted Cruz proceeded to kiss his ass for four years. Like that's that's i'm sorry you don't deserve to be married to that woman i don't care what she looks like like that is send her Stand right? up for your yeah, fucking all right
2: all right all right all right <laughs> i'm not gonna play the devil's advocate game because i don't want to play the devil's advocate game but i've never seen ted cruz's wife is she indeed an ugly troll i don't
1: know but he's married to her i've never seen her either but he's married to her stand up for your on this guys that's all i'm saying if somebody called your wife an ugly troll cameron what would you say that wouldn't be my fucking problem, because I don't marry ugly trolls. <laughs> but, would you, but would you kiss their ass for the next four years? No, you, no. you wouldn't like that person. Like, that's just, no, not at all.
0: Yeah,
2: I don't know. I pretend to like a lot of people that I don't like, so who
0: knows? Oh, God, guys. That's, that's what he's working with.
1: That's, not that's Ted Cruz's wife? Yeah, she's not
0: bad. Yeah, that's- she ain't fucking bad. She looks kind of like,
2: uh, like a half Catherine O'Hara. cat Ka- If you took the worst parts of Catherine O'Hara and Renee Zellweger, and it still ended up being like a pretty attractive woman.
0: Yeah, that's that's not a troll right there.
1: Yeah,
2: no, no she's not an ugly troll. Oh, no, she Ted like- Ted Cru- Ted Cruz himself is an ugly yeah. troll. Kind of a little bit. Um, she looks like the, she kind of looks like
1: the mom from uh, Stippler's mom from American Pie a little bit. That's that-
2: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That's what I'm thinking of. No, this clip uh, about Marjorie Taylor Greene is uh, from NBC News. just thought it was kind of interesting. that
5: Who, who is this? There, President Trump tonight hosting top House Republican Kevin McCarthy at Mar-a-Lago, discussing how to win back the House in 2022. But it comes as McCarthy is facing a new backlash over freshman Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's promoted false QAnon conspiracy theories. A CNN report revealing in since-deleted online posts not reviewed by NBC News that Greene, before joining Congress, liked comments calling for violence against Democratic leaders and claimed Nancy Pelosi was guilty of treason, punishable by death. Pelosi today suggesting more security for lawmakers.
6: The
4: enemy is within the House of Representatives. It means that we have members of Congress who want to bring guns on the floor and have threatened violence on other members of Congress why are you supporting red flag gun laws
5: then there's this video green posted heckling parkland shooting survivor and gun control advocate david hogg in 2019
2: all right hold on a second hold on a second and
3: you are using your
1: lobby what cameron
2: david like not a popular opinion i don't feel like we need a reason to heckle david hogg he's a nerd with a triangle face and pencil arms like that's like
0: See, that's allowed. You're
2: allowed like, to say that. Like, that's, like, I'm allowed to say, like, I, I think he's, like, a, like, 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 a, like, I want to make fun of him because he's, a, like, an unlikable dork. Like, that's if not. David Hogg was saying shit that I liked, I would think he was an unlikable dork.
1: So. Uh, see, I disagree with that because he is saying things that I like, and I don't think he's an unlikable dork. Uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> I, think well,
1: your, I think that's your, uh, your, your gun stance bias. Yeah. Which is fine.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, like for me, it's like again, is like is like a First Amendment extremist, um, by definition, a Second Amendment extremist. Because if you don't like what I
0: say, I've got a gun. Deal with it. So what you're saying is David Hoge should have shot her because that would have been the ultimate irony. I think. Uh, kind I think of, that
2: yeah, yeah that would have been fucking hilarious. Hundred percent on board with that.
0: Like fuck you and your gun's to pow. And then now we don't have to deal with a QAnon support. That would have comments.
2: gotten me to turn the corner and be all in. That would have been the perfect heel turn for David Hogg. All in. David Hogg, A I, just, I just, gun owner, B kills a politician.
1: I just hope fucking for a, you
2: know? a all in on David Hogg. Just I'm just putting just, all I'm moving all my chips from fuck David Hogg to all my chips to David Hogg based. I just, for
1: <laughs> I just hope for his sake that David Hogg actually has a hog. That's
0: that's good. for be, him, yeah. You know. I hope he's packing he, heat elsewhere.
1: Yeah. There's probably an alternate
2: universe somewhere where David Hogg has a huge gun collection. And he like hunts and politicians are, and are, terrified are terrified
1: of him. I mean he is yeah, that and he is going to Harvard, so he's probably gonna be like a, a senator one day and actually take away your guns, Cam. I go about that. <laughs> hey you can try, fine, it's fine. You can try. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Now, uh, the other, we're going to go to. I ain't going out alone. <laughs> we're going to a lot of global, going on to a little global news. Um- a lot of shit's been happening with the whole Alexei Navalny story, um, and uh, I wanted to get into that real quick. So this is about that. This is from CBS News in London, and I like this lady's voice.
6: Thousands of supporters of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny have staged mass demonstrations demanding his release. Police arrested the outspoken critic of President Putin when he returned to Russia last week. CBS News senior foreign correspondent Elizabeth Palmer reports some of Saturday's demonstrations turned violent. For once, the anti-corruption campaigner Alexei Navalny wasn't leading the protests. He's behind bars. It was his supporters who hit the streets on Saturday, furious about his arrest and what they see as the corrupt and abusive Russian government. Police immediately moved in to shut them down. Navalny flew back to Moscow a week ago on a plane filled with fans and reporters. He told them he wasn't afraid to return to Russia. Since August, he'd been recovering in Germany from nerve agent poisoning, which he alleges was ordered by the Kremlin. But minutes after he entered the airport, he was arrested on charges that appear politically motivated. There's no question Alexei Navalny is a giant thorn in Vladimir Putin's side, and a social media genius. His YouTube channel focuses laser-like on corruption. And his caricatures of the Russian president as a money-mad dictator have gone viral. His latest video, Putin's Palace, has been viewed more than 60 million times. In it, activists from Navalny's organization explain they're off the coast of Crimea to get drone shots of a vast waterfront complex. It includes a chateau, acres of gardens, staff porters, and helipads. All of it, Navalny says, built by oligarchs for Putin as a massive bribe. One of Putin's passions is ice hockey. Here he is, all suited up, talking to CBS. Not making me like
2: the guy. <laughs>
6: the video says this semi-tropical hideaway even has its own underground coffee rink under that grassy mountain. Two days ago... What? Why the
2: fuck aren't we friends with Putin? <laughs> <laughs>
6: ...managed to pop up online in a video secretly recorded during a break in his court hearing. His message, get out there and protest on Saturday. It was shared hundreds of thousands of times by supporters on social media. Like, they heard the call and hit the streets in cities across Russia in spite of stern police warnings to show their fury over Navalny's arrest and their disgust for Russia's government and its leader.
1: So there are estimates of over over two hundred thousand people protested in Russia in the past week, which is God pretty damn. fucking crazy. Um, and this guy, Alexei Navalny, fucking G dude, like he <laughs> he it caused some problems. Yeah, well, he zero made, fucks. He, he made a zero fucks. Yeah, he made a video while he was like in his courtroom deliberation room. Like he wasn't even like he wasn't even like free from prison at the time. He made that video telling people to go protest. And the video exposing Putin for his $1.3 billion mansion on the coast of Crimea was released while he was in jail
2: on his YouTube channel. John, have you ever looked up what Putin actually officially owns on paper? Yeah. It's like an apartment, 20 grand in cash, and two cars from the 1980s that don't run. Like, on paper, I'm barely worth more money than Vladimir Putin.
1: Yeah, and they know he—they know he has shit ton of oh, money. Fuck yeah, everybody knows fuck he has yeah. a shit ton of money. But the people of Russia did not know that he had a one point three billion dollar home that he built with their money. Billion—that's That's with a yeah. B. Yeah,
2: you think? You, you, none of us—if we put our brain power together and create like one person of average IQ, right? We can't comprehend one point three billion dollar home.
1: Yeah, no. Like if you, can, we,
2: you, you can comprehend a million dollar home. You can comprehend a three and a half million dollar home. You cannot in any way your brain can't fathom 1.3 billion dollars yeah. on a house.
0: I, I think they're really upset with him because Vladimir Putin doesn't believe Sandy Hook actually happened. And he called David Hogg <laughs> a dork. I think that's, that's where the real problem is. Oh,
2: yeah, I'm 50 I'm 50 50 with you in on that. David Hogg, definitely a <laughs> dork. Sandy Hook definitely happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm there with you man Dude. I'm pretty sure that happened
1: <laughs> uh, the other thing that uh, Alexei Navalny did was that he he called Russian security services serv- services and pretended to be a higher up and got the Russian security service to debrief him admitting that they poisoned him and got <laughs> a okay. I haven't heard that. Yeah, I can't believe
2: you
0: haven't heard that. That was yeah. nuts.
2: That's a fucking <laughs> heater. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to end that sentence with like he pretend he ordered hundred and fifty pizzas
1: yeah. to their house. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's pre- the greatest that's, shit I've ever heard. Ended up being recorded or something. Yeah, and and recorded it, and uh, asked them for a debriefing on Alexei Navalny, and they told him exactly what they did.
0: My only issue with what he did was when he came back to Russia right before that, his fans were like, Are you sure you should do that? It's probably going to be problematic. And he's like, It's my home. They're not going to do anything to me. Like, dude, they just tried to poison you already. <laughs> I'm <laughs> pretty certain they're going to do something <laughs> to yeah, you again. Yeah, it's going to be good. Enough. Listen, listen. Damn. If
2: someone tries to poison me and then two weeks later on national television, someone asks me what I think about them, I'm going to say, Hey, <laughs> not a bad guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Hey, uh, solid guy. Have a few beers with him.
0: Suddenly yeah. we're friends now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Crazy man. I hope I just hope I hope it leads to the fall of Putin. I really do. And it's not and it's not like Alexei Navalny's perfect. Alexei Navalny, if he was an American politician, would be like far right. Um but he's a lot better than that Vladimir Putin. I mean, it's just he's he's not gonna, he wants to he wants to expose corruption and get rid of oligarchs and shit, which would change to change Russia like one hundred percent.
2: It's sad to actually have Russia have like. Well, the thing is, the, the the fucked up thing about Russia is Russia has a westernized culture. Yeah. And yet their politics, as of yet, are not westernized. No. Like they're kind of like half
1: and half. Dude, their like politics uh, are still are still back in the days of Stalin and Lenin. Man, they're still. Yeah, they, yeah. They haven't changed much. I mean. It's only The only thing they've done is lost territory since then. I mean, that's
0: basically... The sad thing is, Putin does seem like a really fun guy. Like, I would love to party with Putin. I'd 100%. Him, but, like, super know,
1: there's so many problems, though. Super,
0: yeah, super
1: We talked about it before, I think, but when uh, Hillary Clinton met with him, and he was telling her about uh, how he likes to hunt tigers or whatever... And she you
2: know said, the fucking basement was flooded.
1: Yeah, well, she said, she said, uh she, she, like, acted really interested in it, you know? guess your husband should come with me sometime. And and one of the tigers, like, completely just, like, like, you're a woman, fuck you. Like, you know? <laughs> like, Did you Do
2: you, th- uh, do you think he, do you think he, he, he put an adjective in there? He's like, your pussy husband should come with me and hunt tigers. <laughs>
1: Oh man, when, uh, I don't you know. You can't
0: get too aggro as the president, though, because then you'll be like, "Yeah, I'm going to go hunt tigers." And that night, you're like, I, "I, I, don't think I'm coming back from this trip. I'm pretty certain this tiger's going to kill me." <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Real. I, uh, I told Cam uh, earlier this week. There's a podcast that I've been listening to called Real Dictators, and it is awesome. Um, let's, go. <laughs> let's go. I've we been I've morning. been drinking since <laughs> nine
2: thirty in the morning.
1: We have one more no, news story, I, and it's it's kind of uh, – it's not a serious news story. Well, it is, I guess. Uh, California is actually falling into the ocean. This from NBC Sacramento.
4: Yes. are <laughs> back in with weather right now, the storm causing significant damage in other parts of northern California, and you can see the problem.
2: Hold on, hold on, hold on I'm sorry. Guys. One. Guys, California is falling into the ocean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Someone just yells, fuck, like he's in weather California. right now. They're so, just yelled, fuck him. <laughs> parts of Northern California. And you can see the problem here in this, the portion of Highway 1 in the Big Sur area just fell off into the ocean. The road was washed away by a mudslide. The damage is close to Mud Creek where we have seen big mudslide problems in the past. This stretch of the highway closed now. It's been closed since Tuesday. A Caltrans team will be uh first thing tomorrow to survey and assess the damage.
1: I like how the guy's like, this part of the highway is now closed. Oh, really? The part of the highway just fell into the ocean, is closed? I thought I could still drive on it. Dude, my favorite. The last
2: press trip I was on out there, I was at Harman Audio because they just launched the Kia Stinger. And I was uh, at Harman Audio watching how they built the really, like, the high-end premium audio system that was in this car. I think it was a Harman Kardon. And uh, the whole time we were inside uh, the air conditioning was like cycling in like that campfire smell because the city was on fire. Like I had to find a different way there the next day because that road was on fire. I couldn't go there anymore. (laughs) And then I come back home and it's 18 degrees and I'm like, humans aren't designed to live on planet Earth.
3: Yeah. Like uh,
2: talking to people in Southern California, if you're from the Midwest will really fuck with your head bad.
0: California is a weird state in general. I mean, last time I went, there was somebody laying down on the sidewalk, and I—I I was pretty certain they were dead. They weren't moving, and everyone seemed really chill about it, though. And some guy was skateboarding by and literally kickflipped over this person <laughs> that was just lying on the sidewalk. Sorry,
2: I didn't mean to peek the microphone. That's funny as after, fuck.
0: After that, I was like, "Oh, okay. So this is like an all the time thing, I guess." Yeah, yeah.
1: When I think California, like what it's gonna be like when I finally go there, I think of the Californians on now yeah. I look at. It. I mean, I, I've, I mean, I've uh, known people from California and that's how they talk. So I just assume that's correct.
2: Yeah. Um, but I'm just, I'm so glad Bob McClure is still like a pure good human being after coming back from Los Angeles. Like nothing makes me happier. That gives yeah, me hope for the universe.
1: I, that's what I thought about whenever you were talking about hunting is, is Bob McClure's yeah. joke about how gay hunting is. Like it's,
2: it's super, it's very, yeah, <laughs> it's very, uh,
1: <laughs> you look at it that way <laughs>
2: yeah no he's i love that joke i'm in love with that so joke the one about the one too about um about sucking dick where he's talking about the girl in the audience heckling him and he's like what about me thinks that i get top shelf dick that's <laughs> such a fucking <laughs> yeah. a1 joke uh or the or the uh, yeah, yeah yeah i like i like
1: him a lot man the
2: that's way funny. he the way he growls kaya at the top of his lungs uh um, yeah
1: he whenever I
2: see fucking whenever I see Bob perform that joke, it's like fucking being in the front row at a Rolling Stones concert. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he has
1: some great he has some great voice voice inflections and shit that like I don't know. He's one of my favorite comics. He's Doesn't got he great a,
2: voice I mean, inflections and he's got great stage presence and above all of the sheen of everything, he just has solid material to begin with.
1: Yeah, I think sometime when he gets back from his Tampa trip, we're going to have him on the podcast, probably.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, when you guys were talking earlier about, like, what you want out of comedy, like, I think it's, like, the very typically Midwestern thing to be, like, "Oh, gee, shucks, and not talk about it. But, like, I would really love to headline and go around the country and have something recorded. And yeah, then, like, if I die sense. of esophageal cancer in five years or something, it's like, hey, you know, son that never met me, like this was your dad. And there's like an hour of me talking about whatever. I don't Cigarettes know.
0: Cigarettes and tampons.
2: Cigarettes and tampons. <laughs> yeah. That's the- if I could be big enough in comedy to make sixty thousand dollars
0: a year,
1: same fucking. Yeah, a. that's it too. That's 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 my ultimate goal is to quit my job.
0: I and mean, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedy would be the best job. Yes. Well, here's the thing is like,
2: I've been so used to doing so much like ever since I was a kid, like I've always had kind of expensive hobbies, right? I've always worked multiple jobs. I don't know what it's like to like shut your brain off at like this time. Yeah. So like the idea of working two hours, like an hour a day, like four days a week is just so fucking foreign to me. And I'm like, I feel like I've kind of paid my dues, not necessarily in comedy, but in other areas of my life. There was a period in time in my life where I had three jobs. And I was working, uh, I would work until from like eight to five in the morning and then until 9 PM at another job up the street, do that six days a week. And then another day I worked like eight to five. Yeah. I like had that other, that other place, like I, across three jobs, I was just, I was doing all that work just to, just to keep the lights on in the fucking warehouse. I was renting for my cars. It was a period of time where like, I didn't own my cars. My cars owned me. Ooh. Yeah. You know, so like gradually kind of divesting myself from that lifestyle and like working my way up. I'd like I, I feel like there's a point in my life where I, I get to survive, uh, not survive, but be comfortable working like six hours a week.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, this weekend, just like hanging out with, hanging out with Carter and Mickey and and getting paid for it. Like, you know, I mean, it's pretty awesome.
2: I'm so pissed I missed that. The only reason I missed that is I've had this trip planned for like a month.
1: Yeah, Mickey Genosi, I don't know if he listens, but if you do, if he if he does, he's a motherfucker. Because uh, he was one of the first people we talked about having on the podcast, and he still has not been on. So and He's got to get a
0: new lack, laptop, remember?
1: Yeah, not for lack of trying. He just uh, apparently uh, needs a new laptop for the past six months. I don't know. We'll
3: see. <laughs> Fuck you, Mickey. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got to wrap up, though. We'll get to uh, Cam's comedian here. Um Jeff Foxworthy a lot of comics don't like Jeff Foxworthy because of his uh, one liner that he's kept for 30 years but I actually Yeah
2: yeah I just I want to throw that out there too like he's he's a very intelligent uh, he's a very intelligent uh, observational comic I've got like a 12 pack in me at this point I apologize <laughs> but I'm working towards towards uh, finishing out the suitcase stamping that on my passport card but no like he's he's very um he's very intelligent i don't know if you knew this about jeff foxworthy his his parents i think one or both of his parents are british expats and he and his dad both worked at ibm on mainframe computers like the big motherfuckers the compute like Mm -hmm. that's what i was learning was mainframe computers that's what handles like every bank transaction yeah every um i mean it's like the thing with compute like I'm in the cars and motorcycles. When I play with cars and motorcycles, I want to play with the biggest, baddest, nastiest, fastest shit out there, right? When you're playing with computers, the biggest, baddest, nastiest, fast, nastiest, fastest shit out there are mainframes. Yeah. That's what Jeff Foxworthy was doing for IBM for like he's not a dumb guy. No, he's very but he's He's very smart and yeah, he's, he's just he's, than a he's right? very sure. he's <laughs> When people talk about comics that are quote unquote students of comedy, no one ever talks about Jeff Foxworthy, but yeah,
1: no, he he, the, he, he's great, man, and and I like this clip that you gave us because this is before he started doing only redneck jokes. All right, so this is from 1989, and this is back, like I said before, he uh, he does the redneck jokes, but it sounds like he's just starting to work on them in this clip. So we'll play it and then talk about it. All uh, right, folks, here's a guy from the Southland. Oh, also, you get a little, get a little uh, nice, short joke from Rodney Dangerfield right here. And I tell you, I just love Southern girls, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they talk so slow, but at the time they said, "No, I made it already," you know. <laughs>
6: anyway, he's really great. Here he is, Jeff Foxworthy. Okay, make him happy. Here, Jeff, come here, baby. All right, All right. Yeah. Thanks very much, Joe. I am
5: from the south. Uh, A lot of people seem to have the idea that everybody from the South is married to their sister and has seen a UFO. Well, I'm just dating my sister and I couldn't swear it wasn't a weather balloon. But can I have that reputation in the South? People think we're goobers because of the way we talk, you know, and it is hard to be cool with a Southern accent because it's like people from New York, they come down South, they just fit right in. It's like, yo, pass the freaking grits, y'all, all all right? You can't do that with a Southern accent. You could take a Southerner to a new beach on the French Riviera. Or we'd be out there going, "Damn, this looks like a good place to fish here." Ed, bring the cooler. I found a spot. Uh, going up to naked women. Hey, you don't know where we pick up some red wigglers, do you?
2: <laughs> all right, all right, right here. Really great thing he does that, like I've taken notes on that. I'm like, this is something to do. I'm not playing a character on stage like I am who I am, but I understand that my ex- my lived experience is not relevant to everyone else's. Jeff recognizes that here, right? Yeah. Nobody who walked into that club in New York City in 1989 knew what the fuck a Red Wiggler was.
3: Yeah. I but because
2: mind. he gives enough context, he lets the audience come to that conclusion and figure out, oh, that's fishing tackle mm-hmm. on their own, and now everyone's in on the joke and now i'm going to talk about being a redneck and all of you were part of it cuz you know what red wigglers are yeah you get what i'm saying like it's fucking yeah. brilliant because he took in informi- he took material that worked a thousand miles away and with that one line now everybody's included in the joke
1: right yeah i get that maybe i'm
2: reading too much into it but i think that's fucking yeah. like i thought that was particularly particularly clever thing he did right there
5: yeah, that's smart <laughs> A lot of people have the idea everybody from the South is a redneck. Now, that's not necessarily true. I've been all over the country. There's rednecks everywhere. The problem is a lot of people don't know if they're a redneck or not. So I came up with a test to kind of help you out. Things like if your richest relative buys a new house and you have to help take the wheels off of it, (laughs) you might be a redneck. If your mother doesn't remove the Marlboro from her lips before telling the state patrolman to kiss her ass, (laughs) you might be a redneck. If your family tree does not fork, (laughs) you might just be a redneck. eh? It's
2: like hard putting it in context and remembering he was like the first guy doing this kind of shit.
5: A people like, a, it this
2: stuff has entered our cultural lexicon to a point where like we're not laughing because we've just accepted that as a reality yeah. and like he was the guy that introduced that
1: yeah and I, I honestly I wish he would have stuck with what he does in this clip and that's abide by the rule of three that'd be nice um, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
5: designated yeah. drivers I think this is a good program you know anything safer than the way we used to do it hey dude get up give us a ride home man <laughs> Oh, oh God, I think he threw up, Tony. Come on, what do you say? We'll buy you a beer. Come on. (laughs) The only problem with the designated driver program, it's not a desirable job. I mean, because basically you're just babysitting people whose biggest ambition is to pee in the parking lot or something. (laughs) But if you get talked into doing it, have fun with it. Like at the end of the night, drop them off at the wrong damn house. (laughs) Preferably in their boss's front yard or something. Huh? Where the hell are my flamingos? <laughs> but no drink and drive, it's not funny. I know this as a kid. I, I was a little kid. I was right on the front seat of the car with my dad. And he had been drinking beer all day long, and we got pulled over by the highway patrol. And the officer walked up to my dad's window, and he went, Excuse me there, sir. Can I see your license, please? No, sir, I don't need a cold beer. I don't think you do either. (laughs) Mr. Foxworthy, do you know why I pulled you over, sir? Well, it concerns that vehicle you're pulling behind you. No, sir, it's not against the law to tow a boat, but we do require you put it on a trailer. (laughs) Could you ask your friends to get out of the boat, please, sir? (laughs) (laughs) No, sir, I don't give a damn if the fish are biting. Could you ask your friends to get out of the boat there? Hell, you dropped your skier about a mile back back there.
2: <laughs> he just fucking stacks those tags. It's great. Yeah. yeah. John, this is where I got to give you credit. You are probably the best person at that that I've seen locally as far as stacking. Like, you get a premise that works, and you keep stacking tags that are equally as funny.
1: Oh, man, you haven't seen Tim Wolfe, though. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Tim- God, no
2: one takes compliments worse than Tim- comics, but no man.
1: Tim Tim Wolf is like uh, Tim Wolf is my favorite comic to watch in the area because he's like unlimited tags. I mean, the dude can just like go on and on and on, just keeps the joke going until it's not even the same joke anymore. You know, I mean, it's
2: nice, nice. Yeah, that's good too.
1: Yeah, that dude. I can't wait till he starts doing comedy again. We mentioned two weeks ago now. <laughs> but- but yeah, Jeff Foxworthy, man. I do. I'm one of the people that I do respect him as a comic. Um, I'm almost, I'm almost like more pissed that he took his career the way he did because I think he could have been so much better.
2: I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't blame anybody. My buddies are giving me the fucking light. Bring me a beer. I'm out. <laughs> Zeppi's fucking, my buddy Zeppi is sitting over there like this with the phone. Um, No, like, I'll never blame anybody for selling out, especially, like, the fact that he lived through the bust of the 90s, the comedy bust, and realized that, like, his fucking, uh, uh, that his sitcom didn't work out, that things were never going to be as good as they were again, and that he took the pay, you know what I mean? I'm never going to blame it. If I, I'll let, I'll tell you guys right now. If I ever get good enough to the point where I have the opportunity to sell out, I a hundred percent will.
1: Yeah, I started. And respecting...
2: It, I, I don't mind any any fucking comic that wants to go. Oh yeah, Cam Vanderhorst. He used to be funny. Now he's a hack because he sold out. And I'll be like, you're absolutely right. And I'm gonna lay like big fucking rubber strips down in my brand new GT500. Yeah,
1: yeah, dude. I, I mean, I, I started respecting him because uh, I don't know. I watched that show uh bring the funny that he's on and i yeah yeah and i just thought that his like perspectives on comedy were like you can tell he is a really big student of comedy and he is actually a good comic it's just disappointing that he that he's stuck to one line (laughs) yeah well it
2: works it's like it's the thing it's like when it works you don't really get a choice of like you know i don't know like, I, I feel lucky that I've found my voice so early on, and like I know who I am. and yeah. it just so happens that what works for me is me being the person I am,
1: yeah, that's the hardest thing in comedy um is finding is finding your structure, your joke structure. Everybody talks about joke structure, and there's no set joke structure, like like setup punch tag, whatever. there's no setup, yeah. There's no perfect joke structure. It it's you finding your own jokes joke structure. And once you find that, like I went from when I first started, it would take me a week, two weeks to write a good joke. Now it takes me five minutes. You know, like I think of a premise and I write it exactly how I know I want to say it because I know my yeah. structure. Like that's that's the difference. It makes it a lot easier once you get that down. Yeah, I don't one of my favorite jokes that I have is the lawnmower joke. Yeah.
0: This is a good joke.
2: I love that joke. And that's a hundred percent true story. I was in the, you know, uh, my fiance was working in the front of the yard. I was working in the backyard, like cleaning some stuff up in the garage. She says, You finished cleaning this up. Or I think I was taking care of our chickens. We have pet chickens. Chickens are great pets. They're really sweet. They're really affectionate. They give you breakfast every morning. If they piss you off, they give you lunch and dinner too. Um, <laughs> but. I heard her pull. I heard her get the lawnmower started. It was the very first pull, and like I looked out, I was like, I was fucking yes, I was ready. (laughs) I had never like I hadn't thought about it. That was what made me think like I want to have children with this woman. (laughs) Like when you get to a point, like if if, when your chick Brandon, when you and when you and your and your lovely girlfriend buy a home together, and she mows the lawn the first time, and she gets that, oh man.
0: I don't think she'll mow the lawn at all.
2: When she, like, if she mows the <laughs> lawn and she edges properly and you don't have to tell her how to edge, she just like in her brain knows. Oh.
0: Her version man. of what she thinks edging is is much different than what I <laughs> the lawn.
2: I'm so glad you took that setup. I was really worried <laughs> you're gonna leave me. Oh,
0: I promise you, if I ran that past her, she'd be like, I mean, if you're into it, but like we never <laughs> talked about this <it> before. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh,
2: but yeah, man. Well, I mean, better. like every... Ev- that's kind of the weakness of my material is that almost everything I have is based on shit that's happened to me. And that well is going to run dry at some point. Yeah, but on the other hand, I think it. too many comics hang out with other comics and don't have other things going on.
3: Yeah. So like yeah. comedy is
2: very important to me and I take it seriously, but it's not the most important thing because if it was, I wouldn't have any life experience, new life experiences to draw on.
1: Yeah. Well, fuck if I wasn't you, into damn.
2: cars, I wasn't into playing music. If I wasn't into <laughs> other shit, I wouldn't have this constant stream of hilarious shit happening to me that maybe that can become a joke.
1: Well, let's go and wrap up. Uh, Cam, when are you in the co-feature contest next to the funny stuff? Uh, end of March. Okay. The end
2: of March. Uh, and I'm also around that same time hosting for Tammy Pescatelli.
1: Oh, cool. Cool. That's all. Yeah. I- is there, is
2: there any chance we can get to the car repo joke? Huh. If you can skip forward to it, if you know where it is in this uh, Jeff Foxworthy routine.
0: Might not make the cut on the on the podcast. Might
2: not make the cut on the podcast. Whatever. That's fine. I understand. No, there's a joke he does about his car getting repoed. That is top 10 funniest stand up jokes I've ever heard.
1: Yeah. Well, what? It's... <laughs> we'll, listen, we'll listen to it at some point. But uh, what? Uh, where can people follow you on social media, buddy? Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram. Uh, at Cam Vanderhorst.
2: I am also uh, at Cam Vanderhorst on the Facebook. Um, and uh, I have a forum, like an early two thousand style web forum, lowclassyuppie.com. All right. If anybody has a brand, that's my brand, is lowclassyuppie. You can also uh, read my columns in Tone, T O N E, Tone Audio Magazine, uh, every other month, um, where I write about beer and uh, book reviews and high end audio equipment that I can't afford, but I can afford to review it and get paid for it. Equipment reviews <laughs> cool, and stuff like that. And then I'm writing car stuff all over the internet. So if you search Cam Vanderhorst, you'll find my perspective on a lot of things.
1: Yeah, this is uh you can follow, this is a good episode. You can follow me on John Brown, at John Brown comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I have nothing scheduled for the next couple of weeks. So uh, I'll probably be at grindstone a couple of times. I don't know. Brandon. Oh yeah. Tell
0: people where they can follow you. <laughs> uh, Brandon Petrie on um, just about everything at Petrified Comedy uh, is my Instagram. Um, uh, I'll be at Grindstone the next couple weeks as well. Come out there March 4th. I'm in the co feature. Um, make sure you you uh, definitely regret the show you're going to miss tonight at the West Theater that John turned down that I took. <laughs> and, <laughs>
1: Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't turn it down i I had to cancel because i I got booked finally stopped for the, stop for, the co, for co-featuring tonight so yeah are you guys was fighting,
0: fighting. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're actually at war with each other right now
1: it's a <laughs> you get, you're not right having now. like a like
2: a bu- like a buddy fight you're having like a relationship
1: fight no i exactly. thought I thought if there was anybody that uh, should have replaced me on that show it, it should be Brandon you know oh yeah it made me feel good.
0: Proud to be there. Represent.
1: (laughs) Cole Clayton. All right, that's the end of the podcast. (laughs) Um. Brown Petri Dish is created by John Brown and Brandon Petri. Logo design by Brian Gallagher. Music by Jared Bailey. Audio version of the podcast is produced and edited by John Brown. Video YouTube version, produced and edited by Harrison Poole.